This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillah, alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. We start first and foremost by praising the king, the master, the sustainer, the creator of the seven heavens and the earth. The one, my brothers, who gives life, the one who takes it, the one who makes, the one who breaks, the one who gives, the one who takes. We praise him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, because he is the only one that's worthy of praise. Praising anything other than Allah is injustice towards Allah. It's injustice. I'll give you a very silly example, very trivial. I want you to imagine you go to a restaurant and you order a meal and the chef in the back makes his absolute best effort to crack you a meal you've never tasted before in your life. So he sits there and working it and cooking it to the right temperature and the flavors and the... And he puts together such a meal when the waiter brings the meal over to you, you sit there, you eat it and you're blown away with it. You're so happy with the meal, you start praising the waiter. You start thanking the waiter for bringing you the meal, but you forget to praise the one that actually created it and put it together for you back there. Wallahi, when you praise anything other than Allah, that's what you're doing. When you see a beautiful car, you should praise Allah. When you see a beautiful brother, you should praise Allah. When you see a beautiful creation of Allah, you should praise Allah. Don't ever in your life, don't ever in your life praise anything without praising Allah with it. He's the one that's only worthy of praise. We said peace and blessings upon his beloved Muhammad sallallahu wasallam, our beloved Habib, our teacher, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reunite us with him. My brothers, in dunya, in dunya, there's what they have, a reward system. Every single one of us, Muslim or non-Muslim, there's always a reward system. Why do you go to work? Because you love your boss? Because you want to see his head in the morning at 7 o'clock? Why do you go to work? Because you're not working? You go to work because you know that there's a reward at the end of it. Why do you go to school? At least the old boys' school, anyway. Why? Because you love your teachers? You go there because you know that, look, I'm going to come to this place, I'm going to struggle, I'm going to make a bit of an effort, and then, he, and then at the end of it, what am I going to have? A reward. Something is going to come back. And this reward system is what pushes us. It drives every single person. Some people, they do whatever it is that they do to get the reward of fame. He wants to be famous. He wants to be known. Some people do whatever it is that they do so that they can be the best at what they do. Some people want to be the richest. Whatever it is, there is always a reward. My brothers and sisters, tonight, we're going to talk about what is it that pushes the believer. Because, you know, really, and for my, I love, I love speaking to a crowd like this. I love the boys, hey, just the Shabbat, kicking back with the boys. Because I can just be me. No movies, no formalities, none of this. Let's be real with each other, man. You think I grow my beard while I, because I love the look of it? Honestly, let's be real with each other. You think your sister wears the god because well, like, you know what she wants to fit in? Why do we do what it is that we do? Who in his right mind, who in his right mind would fast a whole 30 days or 29 days no food, no water, no nothing from sunrise to sunset. Who in his right mind to do this? 
unless and except there is what? The reward. What is the reward for the believer? What pushes us, my brothers and sisters? What makes us do what we do? What makes us put up with the things that we put up with? What makes you bite your fingers in a moment where you would have loved to snap? In general, there's three things. General, there's three things. For some of us, for some of us, we do what we do out of fear of the day of judgment. And this isn't right or wrong. I'm not here to say what's right and wrong. I'm just generally explaining what pushes some of us. For some of us, the fear of the day of judgment is too much for him to bear, too much for her to bear, so therefore she does whatever Allah Taala wants because the thought of that day is just beyond comprehension. And rightly so. What is the day of judgment? What is it? Wallahi, my brothers and sisters, it's not a joke. Even companions feed. Prophets, prophets shook in their boots. They were shaking in their boots of that day. Imagine prophets. Imagine Abu Bakr. Let's speak about the best of the best. Imagine Abu Bakr. A companion whom the Prophet of Allah said what? He says he's the best. He says to his companions, every one of you who did me a favor, I paid back that favor. Except for Abu Bakr. I can't pay him back. Allah will pay him back on the day of judgment. This is a wallah, Shaykh Abu Tanki. The Prophet of Allah is testifying that this man, I can't pay him. Allah will pay him on the day of judgment. He says, I brought this lamb to every one of you, and every one of you buckled for a moment, except Abu Bakr. He accepted it immediately. He says, every door to my masjid is to be closed, except the door of Abu Bakr. That door remains open. He says, Abu Bakr, for you, the eight doors of Jannah will be begging for you to walk through them. This man who was promised Jannah countless times, he says, I wish I was dust and I wasn't Abu Bakr who has to stand before Allah on the day of judgment and be held accountable for the things I've done. This is, he says, I wish, I wish, he looked at a bird in one narration, he looked at a bird and he flew away. He says, oh, how I wish I was you, because when you die, you become dust. I mean, if the best of the best is saying, I wish I was that, and I wasn't who I am, who has to stand before Allah on that day, what do you think this leaves for the rest of us? The Prophet of Allah, he says about that day, he says it's a day that is 50,000 years long. How long? Five, zero, 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 zero. Not our time. For verily one day with Allah is equivalent to a thousand years of our days. 50,000 years. In a day where he says confusion, Allah says people will be running around like they're intoxicated, like they're drunk. But by Allah, they're not drunk. But the severity, the severity of that day is too much. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you'll be resurrected, naked, uncircumcised, barefooted. So when Aisha, when she wrote this, she says, a Prophet of Allah, are you telling me that I'm going to be standing naked and other people can see me? Look at the haya of these women. Look at the haya of your mothers. This was her concern. A prophet of Allah, are people going to see me? Sister Aisha, the severity of that day is far greater than people having a word at one another. It's too much. 
He says, the sun on that day, my brothers, will be one mile above your heads. The companion that narrated the hadith, he says, by Allah, I did not know what the Prophet of Allah was referring. Did he mean a meal, meaning the distance of a mile? Or was he referring to the Arabs? He used to put eyeliner with a little stick, and this stick was referred as a meal. The sisters will probably know it. You know that they, they buy it from Hajj, that little stick. This to the Arabs was known as a meal. The companion says, I didn't know which one was referring to. Did he mean the distance of this little stick? Or was he referring to the distance of actually a mile? Nevertheless, imagine the sun is one mile above your heads, my brothers and sisters. On a day when there is no shade except his shade, Prophet of Allah, he says, each one of you according to his sins and according to his deeds. Each one of us will be sweating. And some of us, our sweat will reach our ankles and some to our knees, some to our waists, some to our necks, and some will be drowning in our own sweat. Some of us will be drowning in our own sweat. On that day, my brothers and sisters, you will see how Allah will bring justice between animals. Animals, animals. He will bring an animal that had a broken horn, and one that had two horns, and the one with the two horns, he put on the one with the broken horn, so Allah will give him his right on that day. Then he'll turn him into dust. Even the kuffar on that day, they will say, oh, how we wish we were what? Turab. The, they, they're actually going to wish that they were animals and that they were not human beings who now have to be held accountable. This is the severity of that day. So for some of us, my brothers, hearing about the day of judgment is too much. So some people, what? They pull up. They, they fall into line. People start doing whatever it is that they have to do. Be like, this day of judgment here, I can't handle it. And some of us, we're a bit more staunch than that, you know? Day of judgment, it's a breeze. Some of us, what works for us is hellfire. Some of us, when we hear about hellfire, Allahi, Allahi. And some of us, for some reason, we have this funny understanding of hellfire. Some of us, Allahi, some of us, we have this. It's not so much that it's a pretty picture of Jannah, but, you know what I mean? How bad is it, bro? It's like our Sunday barbecue, shall we? And then, Allah, my brothers, hellfire was enough. Hellfire was enough to bring the greatest men of our ummah down to their knees. The Prophet of Allah, he tells us that hellfire on the day of judgment, hellfire on the day of judgment, will be brought forward in front of all of humanity. It's going to be dragged forward in front of all of humanity. And he says on that day, it will be dragged by 70,000 ropes. And on each rope, my brother and my sister, there will be 70,000 angels on each rope. Do the maths. 4.9 billion angels will be dragging hellfire. 4.9 billion angels will be dragging hellfire in front of humanity. And then when hellfire sees the disbelievers and sees the sinners for the first time, actually burst out of anger and frustration and when it bursts every one of those 4.9 billion angels will actually let go of the ropes out of fear every single living creature will fall to its knees out of fear 
the Lord will say, get up. Today is not the day of frustration. Today is the day of punishment and judgment. The Prophet of Allah, he says, the minimum, the minimum, you know what the minimum? Yeah, the best blood in Jahannam, the best, the wali of them, the most loved to Allah in Jahannam, is a man who will be made to stand on two burning coals and his brain will be boiling from the heat and this man will think that he's copying the worst punishment. But little does he know, he thinks he's copying the worst. The Prophet of Allah, he says, he actually has it the best in there. We're talking about a place, my brothers and sisters, there is no air conditioning. There is no dancing and music and hanging out. This is a place, I want you to imagine, you know what, don't, don't use your imagination. I want you to imagine the one who is perfect by nature, the one who is supreme by nature, the one who when he creates, he creates to absolute perfection. You know what? Forget this. I want you to imagine this. Maybe this for, for, for the boys. It sinks in a little bit more. I want you to imagine, Marlish, forgive me, I know the sisters downstairs, but let's just be real, yeah? I want you to imagine one of the boys here now. You come home. Yeah? You come home. And when you come home, when you come home, you come to the front door, I mean, you realize, you know what? The front door's open, man. What the hell's going on? You walk into your house only to see your wife, your little two, three-year-old daughter. Your whole family was butchered. Not only they were butchered, they were raped. Not only were they raped, khalas, imagine the worst of the worst. Hada beyond Hada. Beyond Hada. And all this was done by one man. And then you actually find the man in the house. And you get your hands on him. And I know maybe for some of us, because maybe it's not in our nature, you feel like, you know what? I'm not the one who's violent. I want you to imagine you actually grab the blood and you physically can put on him. Yeah, you physically can overpower the man. And now I want you to imagine there is no law. And I want you to imagine that you can do whatever you want to him and you will not be held accountable, you will not be held responsible. Let the most creative man here tell me what would you do to this guy. Wallahi, whatever you think of, every single one of us collectively, it's rubbish because we're human beings, we have defects, we have shortcomings, we are imperfect by nature. Whatever you're going to possibly imagine is nothing. Imagine Allah, the King of Kings, the one who's perfect by nature, designs a place to do nothing but punish. He designed it to do nothing but punish. What do you think it's going to be like, bro? Things going to be like roads. Things going to be like a Sunday night barbecue with the family. He designed it to punish us, So some of us, when we hear this, Allah, why, but we buckle. So we what? We straighten up. And then my brothers and sisters, there are some of us we worship Allah not out of fear of the day of judgment. Not out of the fear of hellfire. But we do what we do out of the love and the longing and the wanting of His gender. And tonight this is my topic. My brothers and sisters, what has Allah prepared for those who pass the test? What has Allah Azza wa prepared for those 
who on the day of judgment the book will be given to them in their right hands. Some of us, my brothers, when you hear what Allah has prepared for you, nothing can be a better reward. Nothing can be better encouragement than knowing what Allah has prepared for those who pass. What has Allah prepared? Before we talk about Jannah, for you to be able to appreciate Jannah, let's talk about dunya for a minute. What does dunya have to offer you? Now, my brothers and sisters, you by nature, you by nature, nothing in this world can ever satisfy your heart. And I'll give you examples. I'll give you examples. But do you remember when you were young? What was the biggest drama in your life? What was the biggest obstacle in your life from you living the life you've always dreamed of? It was what? You know what, before that, I remember when I was young, when all my cousins first started buying Nintendos, and we had that piece of Tanakatari thing, huh? <laughs> this is injustice, man. Far on Eid, all my cousins, they're talking about Nintendo and Mario Brothers, and we've got that little Tanki Atari thing, man. So in my heart, I'm thinking, what? This is a lie. This is miserable, man. This is Azab. I am being punished. Mom, Dad, this has got to stop. This is injustice. I will bear witness and testify before Allah. <laughs> this, this, is, this is inhumane. Wallah, I did my mom's head in that much, bro. And wallah, you know what? I lost my father. Like, wallah, they were struggling to pay rent, bro. Wallah, she saved her money however she could. And she bought us a Nintendo. But by the time she bought it, you know what happened? The Nintendo 64 came out. No, no, the uh, the Super, the Super Nintendo. Well, some of the younger guys are thinking, what crack is this guy on about? Amalish, it's very old, huh? So all my cousins are playing uh, Super Nintendo, Mario Kart, you know, the buttons on the side. And I'm playing that bloody stupid duck hunt game, bro. <laughs> Thinking that this has got to stop, man. <laughs> Mom, Dad, Zulam, this is not right. <laughs> look, look, Wallahi, this is dunya. This is dunya. I have to mention this for you to appreciate Jannah, Wallahi. So I came to my mom. Come on, this, this is, this is, this is too much. Wallahi, she saved money and then she bought me a Super Nintendo, bro. What happened after the Super Nintendo? We kept buying the one, kept buying the one, and every time I bought us something new came out. Until eventually I got over it. Bro, do you remember what life forgive me now? I'm going back down memory lane. You remember when those Adidas clip ones came out, bro? You remember them? But they were 80 bucks. Sure, 80 bucks. You buy clothes from Suha, bro. That is your What the hell? 80 bucks for those clip-ons, and on the Eid, we went to the Cape of Oz. It was like I had this factory outlet, bro. Everyone's wearing it. And I'm wearing the same suit and tie from three years ago. This is a, you know, I don't want to pray, bro. I don't want to go to the magic anymore. Then I bought the Adidas. You know what happened? Mikey brought out clip-ons. And and then you get to an age where what the biggest problem in your life is what? Be honest, bro. Wallahi, I'm, 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 I'm trying to paint a picture. I'm not, wallahi, I'm not trying to make you laugh. I'm actually trying to paint a picture. And then what happened? Ah, I gotta get my bloody hells, bro. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep walking to the station. You look like a drunk, bro. What do you mean, bro? I gotta get my license. So you started counting down the days, bro. Xing on the calendar. Wallahi, I remember X, X. Waiting for the day I turned 16. And back then, when you do your else, it's free. So you fail 100 times a day, no problems. I'll sleep at that day. I'll sleep there. If 
fail, no problems. I know I'll shoot, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Until you got your license, man. Do you know what? Wallahi, am I living in my own world or do you, do you boys share the same thing? Do you remember when you got your house? <laughs> Came home, got my house. I don't have a car. <laughs> Couldn't use my dad's car, yeah. Taraga, GL, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna drive that around. And what happened? What? What happened? Your misery, your biggest problem was your license. Now you have it. Then I got my license. Now I don't have a car. Well, this can't continue. So we started, bro. Left and right. We put some money together. And we bought a car. I'm not going to expose myself, but we bought something. And wallahi, I drove that thing like it was a Lamborghini. <laughs> Well, I up and happiness, happiness, happiness. I was so convinced that my eternal happiness lies in this. And then you bought a car. Yeah, that was mafni, bro, but it's all right in comparison. And then there's always that bloke at school. There's always this bloke at school that you laughed at all your life. We all put it on him, huh? But this bloke was working after school, saving money. And when he bought a car, he actually bought a decent car. So now he's rocking up to school now. He's the cool bloke, you're not. But I start looking at your car. What's happening? I can't do this anymore. And from that day, Wallahi, from that day to now, you've been changing cars, changing cars. Have you found happiness? Have you found happiness? Then after the car, what is it? The bike, sir? No, no. The barnet, but the elbow is in there. <laughs> I can't keep doing this. Mom, Dad, I gotta get married, man. This is, this is, this is, I gotta get married. I am convinced, cuz, when I get married, that is true happiness. All the single brothers here, and I'm sure, Rima, I'm sure you agree. All the boys that are struggling come to us. I've got to get married, bro. Find me a wife, Rima, bro. Find me a wife, bro. Find me a wife. Find me this. He's, he, he can't pray. He can't read Quran. He can't do anything. I have to get married. And he's convinced that his happiness is there. What a mistake, bro. <laughs> so then you get married. And you're convinced, bro, as soon as I get married, what's going to happen? Halas, halas, bro, wallahi. How many of us, my brothers and sisters, how many sisters, the lady wearing hijab, why? Why? Brother, I'm going to get married. But wallahi, as soon as I get married, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Wallahi, I'll start wearing my stuff. Then she gets married. Then it's what? Brother, after the honeymoon. Then after the honeymoon, it's what? Brother, as soon as I have my first kid, then after the first kid, it's what? And this is the cycle of dunya. We got married. Uh, we're still in the KK stages. Her father doesn't let you take her out. Uh, and now there's problems. Now it's, bro, I just can't wait to get married. Have my own house. Get out of here. I'm going to start living life. I remember on my honeymoon, well, mine, well, mine on my honeymoon. I was told the honeymoon's the best period. But three days into my honeymoon, I want to throw her from the hotel room. <laughs> and it's not about her. Well, like, you know, this is an attack against me. This is how it is for everyone. I remember an old bloke when I was getting married. And he shot my jawas. Yeah, well, I'm getting married. The first couple of bites, they're, they're beautiful, honey. And then the rest, you'll know about it. <laughs> This is Dunya, man. When you first got your first house, then your second, then you got bigger and bigger and more rooms and better tiles, and better furniture. Are you happy? Now we still drive around, look admiring other people's things. So this is what this is Dunya. Yeah, let's come to Jannah. Let's come to Jannah, my brothers. A place where my brothers, the Prophet of Allah, he says. He says in Jannah, my brothers and my sisters, 
you will take a fruit from one of its trees and you take a bite from this fruit. He says the one bite you take, it will be the most beautiful thing you've ever eaten. He says, then the next bite from the same fruit is better than the first one. And for eternity, you will never taste that first bite ever again. It will only get better and better and better and better. He says, وسلم, in Jannah, there's no more salah. There's no more fasting. There's no more going to the toilet. There's no more sleeping. There's no more getting sick, getting tired. For the sisters, there's no more monthlies. No more. No more emotions going up, emotions going down, hormones all over the place. No more of this, my sister. He says, in that place, eternal happiness. What does he say? What does Allah Azzawajal say? He says, Allah, you cannot translate Abada. Sometimes he said to the brothers, brother, you go to Jannah for eternity. How can I tell you eternity? Like, what can I, what can I use as an example to compare what, what eternity is? There is no time. There is no period. It's not like a thousand years or a million or a hundred million or a billion. But what's the biggest number you can crack? Anyone? I don't know. Throw me a figure. What's the biggest figure you know? Trillion? Gazillion? Mabillion? Whatever it is, bro. It's zero compared to eternity. One of the scholars gave a beautiful example. One of the scholars gave a beautiful example. He says, imagine this dunya. You know what? Forget dunya. Imagine this room here. How many sesame seeds? Your is up, I'll show you what is up. How many sesame seeds can you put in this room? How many can you put? What, a million? More? A trillion sesame seeds in this room? He says, imagine you filled up the whole dunya, the whole dunya, the whole earth. Imagine you filled up the whole earth with sesame seeds and you filled it up all the way to the heavens. And one bird, imagine the example of Allah. He says one bird came every one billion years, a bird would come and only take one sesame seed. He says the sesame seeds will run out and you will still be in Jannah. Even that is zero. Like you, 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 time itself, time itself will no longer exist. Eternal happiness. And in Jannah, you're not going to be like the way we are now. An old lady, she came to the Prophet of Allah and asked the Prophet of Allah, is there room in Jannah for an old lady like myself? Sahih sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is sitting alone. There are no old ladies in Jannah. She became sad. He says to her, in Jannah, Allah will take you back to your youthful days and that's how you will be in Jannah for eternity. My brother in Jannah, you're not going to be the way we are now. Now you see what? The boys, what's the biggest thing happening now? What? It's the gym. Gotta get big cars, can't walk around like this. Gotta get big. Big is better. I seen a sign at a supplement shop. Life is too short to be small. <laughs> well, that's the sign they had. Life is too short to be small. So get on the juice, brother. And we're going. Gyms are making big money now. Kills me, kills me. But I remember 
You know about shopping centers. I remember that whenever girls used to walk by glass or mirrors, you know, they do the whole thing and check themselves. Now the brothers are doing that. <laughs> what are they The brothers are doing that. I walk by, he checks his TNs, checks his jeans. That's these ones. What's going on? In Jannah, there's none of this. In narrations, my brother says, in Jannah, you will go back to your, to, to the absolute peak of your life. Maybe the young boys, that don't understand it, but I'm sure some of the older brothers, they appreciate it. And he says, Allah, salam, you think, hadith, you're not going to be some little, some little tattoo, bro. He says, you will be the equivalent size of your father Adam, 60 dirah. Well, I've tried to work out what the equivalent is. I, I think it works out to be like something like 30 meters. She's 30 meters tall, bro. 30 meters tall. You know, my sister admonished these next few minutes, they're specifically for the sisters. My sister, I want you to imagine a place where you will be perfect, you will be perfect, you will look at the mirror and there's not, like even you will look at the mirror and say, God damn, this is just not normal. Wallahi, grab the most beautiful woman in dunya, grab the most beautiful woman in dunya, and sisters know this. Grab a woman that all the other women are envying. And tell her, look, I'm going to give you a list, Tell me, what body features would you change if you could? Well, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I, wish I was a little bit shorter. Well, I wish I was, a, you know, I wish this wasn't so big. I wish this wasn't so small. I wish that's... The women that we look and admire, even they had imperfections, they see it and they know it. But in Jannah, you will look at yourself and you will be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Imagine a place, my brothers, all you do is have a good time. Wallahi, I remember one of the brothers, he said something to me, and I know it's funny, but he said it and it came from his heart, and it affects me every time I think about it. He said, Muhammad, you know what I want in Jannah, bro? I said, what's that, man? He said, because Wallahi, I don't want palaces, man. I don't want palaces and I don't want the holies and I don't want all of this and I don't want one like that. Yes, because I don't want any of it. I said, what do you want? Yes, because wallahi, I just want to sit by my river, dangle my feet in the water and just kick back for three, four, five million years. How about the go, man? Kicking back. I don't have work in the morning. I don't have to wake up for Fajr and make wudu. I don't have Enjoy. Enjoy. My brothers, can there possibly be a better reward? Could there possibly be a better reward? And then the Prophet of Allah, he talks to us. He says, I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about the palaces and what's happening. This is what, it's too much for the human mind. The Prophet of Allah talks to us, tells us about your tent. What is it? Tent, tent. You know tent? You know when you go to the shop now, you buy a two-man tent, three-man tent, four-man tent. Something you pitch up. He says your tent in paradise will be 60 miles high and 60 miles wide, carved out of a single pearl. In it will be women, not a woman, women. If I can't speak hadith, tell me. Am I not allowed to speak authentic hadith? There will be women. So far of a distance, so far of a distance that they won't even be able to see one another. My brother, does it make sense you sacrifice that for the rubbish of this world? Well, not does it make sense. Allah says, Quran, Quran, بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْأَخِرَةُ خَيْرُ وَأَخْرَةُ 
Do you honestly choose these trivial couple of years? Do you honestly choose this over Akhirah? Over hereafter? Over the everlasting? The Prophet of Allah tells us to give you an example. He says the comparison of dunya compared to Akhirah, he says he's like one of you. He says he's like one of you dips his finger into the ocean. Imagine the ocean, not a little lake, not a river. He says one of you goes to the ocean, dips his finger into the ocean and takes it out. He says what comes out? Look, 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 look. That is dunya. And that vast ocean is the hereafter. This is Akhirah. He says, this is Akhirah. And then he gets better than that. Imagine a place, my brother, you don't have to work, you don't have, you don't have to just enjoy your life. For the men, imagine your tent. And in Jannah, None of this, bro. No more beads in Jannah. Some of us get shocked. No, no, in Jannah you'll be clean shaven. You know, for me, I actually can't wait for it, man. Not that, wallahi, I love the Sunnah of Rasulullah. Wallahi, if you gave me the world and everything in it to shave it off, wallahi, I'll never in my life do it. Why? Because the Sunnah of Muhammad. But if I could choose, I'll choose not to have it gets in the way. See, I work as an electrician. So many times my beat got caught up in my cordless drill. So many times. I was sitting there. <laughs> so many times. Well, only one time I remember I was putting up a light feeding. And I had one screw in my mouth and the other screw, I'm trying to put the screw on. And then I dropped the screw. And I was in like, I was in a little bathroom, it's a brand new place, it was a, it was a tiny bathroom. So yeah, I got to scream my mouth and I'm, I'm doing that on, and it fell. And it fell, and I kept my ears open, I thought, I'll hear where it went. But I didn't hear anything. And I looked down, nothing. This little chrome screw, I couldn't find anything. Wallah, the builder came, the builder started looking. Wallahi, both of us were looking. I'm telling you, it was a little bathroom. We're looking, looking, looking. Khalas, I gave up. So I pulled my head up, and in front of me was the vanity mirror. And my mother was saying, shiny. I'm thinking, what the crack is that? Wallah, there was the screw stuck in my video. But in general, there's none of this anymore. You're going to be beautiful in every way, my brother. In every way, my sister, you're going to be beautiful. And you can enjoy the luxuries of Allah for eternity. For eternity. In fact, the ulama right. They say that, my brothers, when you see your wives for the first time in Jannah, and the sisters, don't worry. Allah will make you happy. Allah, no matter, no matter how beautiful the Hur al-Ain are, the Prophet of Allah, he says, your women of dunya, they will be their queens. The beauty of the, he says, the beauty of the holies in comparison to your wife in Jannah, it will be like putting a candle next to the sun. Nothing, can't compare it. Who wants to live in this world? Who wants to live in this world? What does this world have to offer? My brothers, our nafs, our desires can never be satisfied in dunya. It can only be satisfied in Jannah. Allah created it that way. Allah created it that way. Wallahi bro, your wife, your wife. Do you still think that she looks at you and says, Oh, you know what, my husband's a gun? You're dreaming bro, today I'm going to even expose the sisters. Bro, have you ever caught your wife just staring at you but not saying anything? <laughs> See, the men are laughing while they're laughing. Are you a... Have you ever caught your wife just, hey, just seeing the car, she's staring at you, she's not saying anything, huh? You know what's going through her mind? I'm going to tell you here tonight. 
He's thinking, oh Allah, how did I end up with this monkey? Bro? <laughs> how did I end up with him? She's thinking, I had a good man. Well, I had a good man. I should have listened to my mom. This is dunya, bro. You're not happy. She's not happy. But there, there, he says, he said, are you happy? Now you're the biggest aframji of them all. <laughs> and you couldn't smell happy if you're not dependent on it. <laughs> so, the Prophet of Allah, he tells us what? He tells us that in Jannah, you will leave your house, you will leave your family, and you will go to the marketplace. Allah in Jannah, you can talk about it all day long. He says you will go to the marketplace, and then a northern cool breeze would come. And it would shower the people of Jannah. It will make them more beautiful and it will shower them with a beautiful smell of musk. He says, then you will go back to your family and your family will look at you and say, by Allah, you are more handsome, you are more pretty than when you first left. And then you will look at your family and say, by Allah, you are better looking than when I left you. Musa, Musa alayhi salatu wassalam in the authentic hadith. Musa, imagine. Kalimullah, the one who spoke directly to Allah. Musa asked Allah. He says, oh Allah, who are the minimum ranking people in Jannah? Who is the minimum ranking Jannah? So Allah says to Musa, he says, oh Musa, the minimum ranks in Jannah are those who are last to leave Jahannam. Who are they? The last ones to leave hellfire. These people, Musa, the last man to leave hellfire, there's two hadith. Right? There's two. So I'm going to mix between the two and both of them are authentic hadith. So the Prophet of Allah, he tells us that the last one to enter Jannah is the last one to leave hellfire. And you'll be in there for how long? So this man, he will come and stand before Allah and he will ask more or less, Oh Allah, is there any room in Jannah for me? So Allah will tell him, Go and enter my Jannah. So the man will say, Oh Allah, everyone has already taken their places, man. And they've been there for about millions of years. Is there any room for me? So Allah will tell him, go and enter my palace. He, he will tell him, go and enter my Jannah. So again, the man insists. says, oh Allah, but there's no room. So Allah will tell this slave, imagine my brothers, who's this? This is the lowest in Jannah. So Allah will tell him, oh my slave, would you not be satisfied that I give you the equivalent of a monarch or a king of dunya, if I give you the equivalent of dunya in Jannah, so the man will say, Oh Allah, you are the king of kings. Do not mock me, Allah. Do not mock me. Are you playing games with me? I think there's no room. You're telling me that you're going to give me the equivalent of this dunya? So the Prophet of Allah, he smiles. The one who narrated the hadith, he says the Prophet of Allah smiled until his teeth showed. So Allah will tell the last man to leave hellfire. For you is the equivalent of dunya and the like, and the like, and the like, and the like, and the like. So the man says, Ya Allah, stop. Oh Allah, please stop. Do not mock me. Oh Allah, don't make fun of me. He says, My slave for you. Is this and the like ten times the size of this dunya? For the last man to leave here, for the lowest rank in Jannah, the lowest. The Prophet of Allah he says in the authentic hadith, for the lowest ranking people in Jannah, Allah will ask them, What do you wish for? Tell me your wishes. Yalla, let it reap. Give me all your wishes, everything that you desire. So these people that will tell Allah their wishes, then Allah will give them everything they wished for and more. 
Then Musa asked, Oh Allah, and who are the high ranks in Jannah? Tell us now, let's talk levels. Oh Allah, what about the highest ranking ones? So Allah he tells him, Oh Musa, for the high ones in Jannah, for the highest ranking, they are those whom I have established their honor and their status with my own hands. And Musa, for these people, for them is what no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and no heart and mind has ever, ever comprehended. These are for the high ones in Jannah. You know, my brothers and sisters, sometimes we're happy. We say, you know what, my brother? If I can just make it to Jannah, I'm happy, man. Why is it that with our deen, we deal with it like it's cheap? Why? The Prophet of Allah, he says in the Sahih Hadith, he says, you will see the high ranks, you will see the people in the higher levels in Jannah, like you see the stars in dunya. How, how far is the star? How far is it? The Prophet of Allah, he says, you will see the people in the high ranks of paradise like you see the stars in dunya. So some of you say, but look brother, if Allah is going to give me 10 times this world, I'm happy man, I don't want to be up there. Why? Why is it in dunya, we're never happy? But in akhirah, we're happy to satisfy with anything. You know why Allah, whatever you give me, I'm happy. But here, dunya, rubbish, what's going to be destroyed anyway, you're never happy with just any car, you want the best car. You're not happy with just any wife, you want the best wife. You're not happy with just any house, you want the best house. I'll give you an example. You know when you travel, planes? For those of you that have been on a plane, I'm sure you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Have you noticed whenever you board a plane, what do they do? Well, that's all tactics, are huh? All tactics. They make you board the plane from the very beginning. We're at first class. And they make you walk through first class. Now, I'm at every single chair is the size of a bed. Leather or wood grain, and they don't have just any waiters, no, they're always the hot blonde ones. And then they take you past the first class and they show you the business class, and then they take you to your seat, which usually passes right at the back next to the toilets. <laughs> right at the back. So they walk you through just to show you how. And look, look, had you worked a little harder in life, Brian, paid a bit of money, you would have sat all the way in the front. But still, I managed. So they make you walk through Hecky just to burn you up. And then they take you all the way to the end. And when the plane takes off, come in, there's always that little... You see how they close the curtain on you? <laughs> they look at you as in here, you jeeps. <laughs> Stay in the back. Stay in the back. And the whole trip, wallah, you're burning, you're burning. Wallah, man, I'm about the people in the first class. Like, well, they're all this and they're all that. And they're, oh, you know what? I don't care anyway. They just say, no, why? Because they can't afford it. <laughs> but for a little plane ride in dunya, your heart burns. Imagine for eternity, I'm going to be looking at those stars, bro, and I'm down there, man. You see, companions, they ask of Prophet of Allah, surely those levels, they're for the prophets, man. Surely, see, companions were burning. Companions were never settled. Oh, you know what? Look, we made it to Jannah. No, 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 no. Companions wanted levels. So they asked, surely our Prophet of Allah, that that level, these stars, surely they're, they're for the prophets. He says, yes, they are. But by the one who my life is in his hands, for those that believe in Allah, and believe in his prophet, they can reach that status. They can reach it. They can reach first class. They can. Imagine being up there with the awliya, with the shuhada, with the prophets, with the messengers, with the sahaba. Imagine, bro, imagine. Allah you know, there's too much to mention, but I need to wrap it up. 
Imagine, my brothers, everything you wish, everything you desire, everything you want, rivers. Wallahi, here, bro, here, we die, bro, we die just to live next to a pond. We die to live. Wallahi, some people start talking up because he lives where? Next to Buddy George's river. It's a dump, he smells like a dump, he looks like a dump, but he has some water views. Imagine a place, you don't have water views, bro. You have rivers flowing underneath your feet. Rivers of pure milk, rivers of pure water, rivers of pure honey, rivers of pure wine that doesn't intoxicate. All this is for you. Imagine. So the Prophet of Allah, he tells us that in Jannah, my brothers and sisters, after every one of us has taken his palaces and taken his status and taken in all the luxuries, Allah Azza wa Jal, He will call out an authentic hadith. See, this is this is battle for those for those who long to see Allah, for those who are dying, for those who know the the, 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 the reality of this dunya. Dunya sijnul mu'min wa jannatul kafir. For those people, imagine on that day, Allah Azza wa Jal will call out and say, "O oh, people of paradise." Imagine, imagine, my brother, Allah's talking to you. My sister, Allah's talking to you now. Allah will say to you, the people of paradise, are you happy? Are you happy? So the people of paradise will say, oh Allah, and who would not be happy? Oh Allah, didn't you save us from hellfire? Oh Allah, haven't you given us everything that we desired? Oh Allah, who? not be happy so he says to them and my slaves today I have something that's better than this for you today I promise you from this day forward I will only be happy with you and I will never ever be displeased with you ever again imagine this imagine my imagine You think this is enough? You think this is enough? Then Allah Azza wa Jal will say, Oh my slaves, imagine this, huh? Oh my slaves, are you not happy? Have I not given you everything you desired for? Have I not fulfilled? Have I not fulfilled my oath to you? Haven't I given you everything? I will say, Oh Allah, you've given us everything, Allah. Allah will ask, is there anything else you want? So the people of Jannah will say, oh, what can we possibly ask for? You've saved us from hellfire. You've promised us eternal happiness. You've promised us that you will never be displeased with us. Oh Allah, you've given us everything that we could possibly comprehend and everything that we could possibly imagine. So Allah will ask, is there anything else? They'll say, oh Allah, there's nothing else. Salah will say today, I will reveal. He says today, I will remove the veil. And you will see me today with your very eyes. He says you'll see me with your very eyes. Companions ask the Prophet of Allah. Authentic hadith. We will see Allah. We will actually see Allah. Sahih he pointed to the full moon. He said, do you see the full moon? I said, yes. He said, you will see Allah like you see the full moon. You will see him in all his glory and it will not be difficult. You will actually enjoy looking at him. This is for the ones who pass. my brothers and sisters. Is it worth? Is it worth sacrificing that for this dunya? Is it? This is what Allah has prepared. So, my brothers, forgive me. I've taken so much of your time. These are the three things that push people: fear of the day of judgment, fear of hellfire, and for some of us, the longing of Jannah. 
My brother, why malish? When you're waking up in Fajr and it's a struggle, think to yourself, Oh Allah, you know I'm struggling. But don't deprive me of seeing your face. Ya Allah, yes I'm struggling, yes I'm going through a hard time, but Ya Allah, do not deprive me of that pearl in Jannah. Oh Allah, I'm struggling, I'm going through a hard time, but Ya Allah, I'm sticking staunch. Ya Allah, do not deprive me of seeing your beloved Prophet in Jannah. So my brothers, these are the things that should be pushing us. Allahi, and again I'll end with, he says it is a place no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and no heart and no mind has ever imagined or comprehended. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from the dwellers of Firdaus al-A'la. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who see him all the time in Jannah. And we ask Allah to make us of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Jannah. Subhanahu wa bihamdi. Ashadu an la ilaha ilaha ilaha. Astaghfiruka wa natuhu ilaha.